Enjoy a moment of relaxing calm with the Vita Health Group Wellbeing series of podcasts to make you feel good, keep you healthy, help you make changes to your life. Vita Health Group is an award-winning market leader and has been at the forefront of healthcare for the past 30 years. Vita Health Group, making people better. Yes, and hello. Welcome along to another of the Vita Health Group podcasts. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Glenn Thompson, and it's my job to host this series of podcasts, along with a variety of guests and experts from Vita. We delve into all sorts of everyday life challenges, but with a special focus on mental and physical health and well-being, depression, stress, injury and recovery, and a whole lot more. Today's subject and talking point is men's mental health and pride. Of course, course uh, pride month uh, june coming up and of course to discuss this we welcome from vita anthony kilty anthony who's on the wirral how do we find you anthony <laughs> hi pleasure to meet you glenn yes i'm very happy to be here great all right you're very much part of the vita family tell us what you do there that's correct okay so my role within vita health group is i am the nhs business intelligence and information lead for transformation services which is a very long title but essentially what it means is i deal with anything relating to systems data kpis and performance within nhs contracts and the great thing is you can do all this from home can't you you were telling me before we started the podcast you have the joy of working from your laptop yes i've been here since 2019 and i work entirely remote so all of my job involves the computer so as long as if the computer works i can work okay and how long have you been with vita then and do you enjoy the job first of all yes i i thoroughly enjoy it so i've been working here since 2019 yes it's a great place to work it definitely aligns with my type of personality and skill set okay so let's talk about uh, today's subject then as, as i mentioned at the top there we're discussing men's mental health and pride of course june very much pride month you're an openly gay man and uh, you grew up as a section 28 child now tell us what that means Yes, of course. So for those that might not know, uh, Section 28 was a legislation that was passed in the 90s, which meant that basically within education and in schools, you were unable to educate and teach people about uh, LGBT education. So I spent a lot of my, well, all of my primary and secondary school life in education that was tailored not so much around growing up as an LGBT male. Whereas nowadays you obviously, thankfully, have schools and education systems where they will identify people who are LGBTQIA+. We didn't necessarily have that education growing up myself, which kind of then leads to a different perspective on how you then are able to basically express yourself after education and how did you find that growing up in that time if you like did you feel almost suppressed and i would say so so growing up obviously adolescence and and those early growing years are very important for individuals in terms of development and i would go to you know sexual education classes and it's only about men and women i would watch a load of films and tv shows where it's men and women and it very much catered to a world where 
being an individual who identified as LGBT, I never openly saw that in a safe space. So therefore, everything that I felt and everything that I discovered about myself were more behind closed doors that I had to research myself. And it was never something that I could reach out to in terms of education wise. I mean, we're in a society now in 2022, Anne, and I'm, I'm sure you'll agree with this, where it's a lot more accepted, isn't it now? And everybody is, they come out a lot quicker, they're a lot more open about the way they are sexually and in their life. You must welcome that big time. I would say, yes, I think we have a long way. Only recently has it been deemed appropriate for someone within the Premiership football to uh, identify themselves as part of the LGBT community. I think we have done a lot more in schools and a lot more in education systems. However, there is still a long way to go both in the Western and Eastern nations of the, of the world where it truly is able to be accepted to just be who you are. But definitely a better progression than we have had in you know mm. previous decades how much further then you say that we've got a long way to go and where should we be going with this I think personally, we still have stories and news incidents where people are announcing their sexuality as a coming out and as a revelation and it has to be announced. I think there are still areas of the world where I have been personally been on holiday where I have to be told by tour representatives to not essentially be entirely who I am because it's not accepted that way. And I think when we get to a stage where we can not have stories of people expressing themselves as mm. who they are to be a, a focal point where it's just people just are who they are and it's really irrelevant to the story and if i can go to a country where i can just go on holiday without a fear of any criminal acts because yeah. of just being myself i think that would be where i'd like to be in terms of further to go mm, i mean let's take the example of jake daniels who became the first uk male footballer to come out as gay uh, since 1990 black ball forward describes a massive relief after his uh, statement to the news that shouldn't be a news item i was talking only to my my partner my wife about this when this popped up on the news and i said to her, this shouldn't be a news story this should be just accepted it's it's ridiculous that this is making headlines isn't it i would agree and as little as i know about sports i'm pretty sure a person's sexuality doesn't define if they can kick a ball or not so <laughs> i think generally speaking it really shouldn't have been the issue we then have mm. is by having the bravery to speak out and and obviously coming out in that fashion you then worry that there are some areas of society that will use that to mock and to judge if he doesn't do so well in games for example so as much as it shouldn't it should never have had to have been an announcement because it he's mm. still a great footballer and it doesn't really matter exactly okay let's talk about inclusivity then within vita health group i mean how have you found that in terms of equality and diversity I think the Vita Health Group is extremely LGBTQIA plus positive and inclusive and diverse as a company as a whole. We have recently introduced being able to specify pronouns in email signatures. We are much more open in terms of having groups for various areas such as BAME, such as LGBTQIA plus, such as women-based groups. I think uh, the company is doing a lot to ensure that inclusivity and diversity is now a part of the overall structure of the company. You recently wrote an article about allyship within LGBT. I'd like you to expand, if you can, on what allyship is and why is it so important? 
being an ally to the LGBTQIA plus community means that you may not particularly maybe identify yourself as part of that community, but you strongly believe in equality, in inclusivity for those individuals and to basically respect their sexuality and their sexual preferences. I think in the workplace, it's extremely important to have allies because for LGBTQIS plus individuals who have maybe had to hide who they are in certain workplaces and who are worried about how they are perceived to know that there are allies in the organization that essentially take them basically for who they are and, and have full support in terms of their preferences, I think makes it easier to do your job and gives more focus based on the job and not worrying about having to be pretend, pretending to be something that you're not, essentially. Mm, absolutely. So, Ant, with uh, June being Pride Month and, uh, of course, all the razzmatazz that goes with it, uh, what does Pride Month mean for you specifically? Well, Pride Month for me has evolved over the years because I'm, you know, 36 years in my prime now and, and, and it's about celebrating the fact that we can be essentially who we are, that we can have, you know, LGBTQIS plus culture out in the world without having to hide it, as per that Section 28 discussion earlier, to be able to basically feel that you can be 100% choose who you are and have people who are the same. So you meet people from other backgrounds who also have the same preferences as yourself, and you just start to realise that you're not the only individual in this world who feels like that, that the whole country, the whole nation, they all celebrate the same thing about diversity, about inclusion, and basically about you being true to who you are. And Pride is, is great, isn't it? I don't live that far from Brighton, down on the south coast. And, of course, it's a huge event uh, yes. in Brighton. But, I mean, which events do you tend to go to, locally to, to where you live? More locally to where I live, so there will be uh, Liverpool, Manchester, the usual ones. Sometimes I've been to Birmingham or Leeds. They are also quite good as well. I really would like to go to Brighton. I think I'm <laughs> hoping to go to Brighton at some stage. But sometimes it's not even about the pride parades themselves. It can also be about the culture and the mm. films. And there's a lot of LGBTQIA plus literature and art and films that you don't see on mainstream because unfortunately it's still not mainstream to always feel like that. You have seen, you know, many Ofcom complaints about certain series where there'll be a kiss or some sort of romantic involving two uh, same-sex individuals. Mm. But there's a lot of culture, a lot of history out there, and Pride is a way to celebrate it, get it out there for more public consumption and expose the world to mm. a lot more of that culture. I mean, you see it covered in the news, don't you, particularly the Brighton ones and the ones in London, as you say, the big, uh, the big conurbations, the cities, and they always look like they're having a great time, great fun, a lot of jollity going on, isn't there? There's a lot of jollity, but it comes from it comes from a history where that was not allowed to be. So much respect to the older LGBTQI plus uh, generations out there who struggled a lot more when it comes to expressing themselves when it was a lot more feared to publicly be out in that respect. Nowadays in our generations, we're able to be out and celebrate, but back in not that long ago, mm. a few decades past, it was illegal and or it was a mental health issue or it was something to not necessarily 
shout from the rafters about. So I think people have just had decades and decades of repression and suppression. So now it's a case of, now we can do it. Let's get out there and celebrate who we are. Mm. And and what challenges do you feel the LGBTQ plus community face, especially when it comes to the line of work that you're involved in? I think sometimes, depending on individual circumstances, you can find that sometimes you have to, or you feel like you have to pretend to be something you're not. And then you're starting to build a wall and a personality that's like, okay, I need to work in this environment, which means I need to act A, B, and C. And sometimes having to do that takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot of emotion. Mm. And then it distracts or takes focus away from you actually ability to do the job bearing in mind there are a lot of people from possibly my era or my generation where we get so used to having to be a second person because we've had to grow up in a situation where we had to pretend to be forward facing a certain way and we had to hide exactly our true self so for some people we can put on a different persona very well but is that persona right for the position you should be hired for the position because you are good at what you do and mm. you are the right personality and your values align with the company, not what do you want to be perceived as? And I think some people who grow up LGBTQIA plus sometimes worry if I'm my true self with my true personality, is that going to be looked at yeah. differently? As you mentioned briefly there, and I'll just pick you up on that if I can, Anne, mm-hmm. a number of years ago, you know, you admitted that you were almost living two separate lives. You were behaving in a way that you thought your peers wanted you to be, but secretly you were, you're openly gay. I mean, that must have been so hard for you and for thousands, millions of other people probably living the same sort of life. I would definitely say so. I, I think the different persona was still very much myself, but it was very much more based on the world around me, what was more perceptive. So personally, I went to an all-boys Roman Catholic school Mm. for high school. So very sport-orientated, very religious-orientated. And my personal preferences were not necessarily aligned to those things. However, you have to perceive that way, because if you're not perceived that way, you're openly being perceived as different, and then you allow yourself to then be openly different in a world that is not quite ready for that level of openness. So for myself personally, I was always a bit of a nerd and a geek, and I was always into (laughs) IT and computers, etc. So I very much leaned into that, and I very much grew up as being the geek of the group and the nerd, because that was more easily perceived and easily welcomed as being someone as an IT geek than it would have been if it was more to do about my sexual preferences. So Mm. people learn to kind of get themselves and bury themselves into more of a niche and try to learn things that they're not really wanting to learn, but it's more acceptable. And what about uh, being LGBT? How's that uh, shaped you into the person you are today then, Ed? I think for myself, it's allowed me to be more open and inclusive and understanding to others. I think when you have grown up being, I want to say a minority, but what I mean to say is I, in, in a majority of where I worked, I've always been like the, the minority in terms of my LGBTQIA status. When I was in high school, I was one or two people who identified in a sea of people who didn't identify. And I think being able to express myself more within Vita, what it's allowed me to do is allow me to be more expressive, allow me to utilize all of my skill sets, including my personable approach, including my ability to really work with everyone. And I think as well, knowing what it's like to be bullied and 
teased and mocked for being who you are. It allows you to be more empathetic in terms of understanding how mental health can affect people because, like the statistics say, a lot of people who grow up LGBTQIA plus have some severe mental health issues growing up or some mental health issues growing up, not everyone, but I certainly did in, in my respect. And it makes you a bit more empathetic to helping others who are going through the same thing, regardless of their sexual preferences. Were you bullied at school? Yes, every so often, yes. There's only so much you could be the IT geek before yeah. they, they want to do it as other things. And being so different and being in all boys' school as well, where you get the teasing and the tattling, etc. Uh, there were instances where... I was bullied for being who I was. And you just kind of, growing up, you learn to deal with it by putting up that wall and putting on that extra facade. So that's how I dealt with it anyway. And then once you were, once I went into the working world, I presented to the working world as who I was. And I said, you're either going to take me as me or I'm not going to get the job. And thankfully, everywhere I've gone, they've accepted me as me regardless. You actually say that at interview, do you? What I do at interview is I always make sure that they are aware of my LGBTQI plus status. I always make sure that I'm aware of giving my pronouns to them. And also I'm aware that when I do interviews, I'm very personal. I'm very just myself. I don't try to be that. What do they want me to be? That's so nice to hear. That's so refreshing to hear. You're yourself. That's great. I think so, because if I don't get the job, at least I can say, well, they didn't like me. If I pretend to be something I'm not and I don't get the job, then there's always that worry of... Well, if I had have been me, would I have been successful? At least this way, I'm either going to get a job or not. Interesting piece I picked up from the Vita newsletter, Ant, and that is mm-hmm. that 68% of LGBT plus young people say their mental health got worse since the coronavirus pandemic compared to 49% of their non-LGBT plus peers. Why do you think that was? Okay, so personally, this could come from a few different aspects. One of the aspects that it may come from is... Depending on certain individuals who identify as LGBTQIA+, their family life or their home life or where they are living may not necessarily be as inclusive to their preferences as they would like. And it may be that they get their release, as it were, for being themselves by being in the work environment or being with friends or being outside of their home life. Not being able to do that and being remaining at home may regress them into a stage where they're suppressing who they are more it may be not as a safe environment because maybe they are safer when they are out when they are working when they are with people the other thing to consider as well is certainly for a lot of my friends who identify as lgbtqi plus we are individuals of social we like to social we like to be out we like to mix with Mm. people we like to be out there and by not doing so and being more solitary Sometimes it's easy to ruminate and think about past situations and you start to feel a bit more restricted and that can all go back to old ways of, you know, how it used to be putting on a second facade or not being able to go out and fully express who you are or not being able to socialise with the people who make you feel Mm. safe. So I think that's probably a contributing factor. And it's true to say, isn't it, that if you can let somebody be their true self and more accepted in the workplace, they end up being far more productive as a result, don't they? I would say so, certainly, and, and, and for anyone, really, everyone needs to be who they are when they're working, because if they're, if they're not, it's going to fall down the line somewhere, and it's energy being spent on building a persona that could be spent on doing the necessary work to make the world a better place. Lovely. Well, thanks, Ant. It's been great to talk to you. Just before we finish today, if, if somebody is still feeling and listening to this and they're still feeling to themselves, well, I'm leading this double life. I don't want to lead this double life. I haven't really come out yet. It's still an issue for me. What, what would your advice be? 
I would say to that individual that there are helplines out there, there are safe spaces, safe charities where you can get support on how you can come out to friends and family. There are articles and websites out there that will help you gain the strength that you feel that you may need to do that. I would say that if you feel you are living a double life, it's very important to try to focus on who you are because you cannot live a double life forever. That energy will bring you down and will cause your mental health to get worse. So if you're feeling like that and you still don't feel you're in a safe space or comfortable to do so, please reach out to an independent anonymous charity. Uh, please reach out to a helpline and try to get the support that you need. And there are people around who will support you and who will care for you. And not to quote the old adage that have been used in these circumstances, but it really does mm. get better when you start to really live your true life and your true self. Absolutely. Well said. And of course, uh, Vita can offer help in this direction as well, can't they? Yes, we um, have a lot of independent CBT therapists and counsellors. If you are an employee of Vita, we have an LGBTQIA plus group. There's also Freedom to Speak Up Champions if you feel that you are in the workplace and you're not being treated right because of your sexual preferences, there are freedom to speak up guardians. So please seek out the help that is there for you. Been a fascinating conversation. And thanks so much. Men's, uh, or just generally, mental health and pride. I've got to ask you quickly before you before you disappear <laughs> today. And uh, when you go to Pride in June, are you going to be, are you sort of dressed up? Are you multicoloured? I mean, how do you go dressed? I always try to go for a costume. It never works. So I just <laughs> go with myself and have some sort of pride colours in some format excellent all right anthony kilty business intelligence lead for transformation services at vita health group it's been lovely talking to you thanks for your time today thank you very much glenn thank you for listening to this making people better podcast part of the well-being series from vita health group improving your lives physically and mentally drives everything we do and getting you back to doing what you love is our priority vita health group making people better www.vitahealthgroup.co.uk